prediction and confirmation of the laws of the Sharia. This, of course, is a matter of Tawheed. It affects our belief. It's not a matter of fit or how we should do something. It's a matter of Tawheed. It impacts upon how do we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how do we believe in the message which Allah sent by Muhammad and how that message should be carried out by us. So today I will analyze a few aspects of the incident. I'm not going to do all of it. Maybe one could write something on it. Now I'll think about all of it. The ayah which I quoted from the Quran informs us about the definition of a mushrik. Every Muslim must know this definition. Because today people say from the member, I heard a khutbah being given from the member at Gatesville, where this sheikh says, not the sheikh of the magic, some other sheikh which he invited, all over uh, social media. He says, what is this nonsense about Bida and Shaykh? He's not talking to me, he's not talking to you. He's talking to Allah, of course, because we don't know anything about Bida and Shaykh except that which Allah has taught us. It's except that which Allah has taught us in the Quran and except that which Muhammad Sallallahu has warned us about. So if somebody says this is nonsense, he said Allah's Quran is nonsense. I'm not going to say, you have to decide what he is and what he has become. That's your decision. Allah Subhanahu is going to ask you next Qiyamah. When somebody says Bida and Shirk was nonsense, I know what is in your heart. Tell me what did you say. Tell me what is in your heart. So Allah Subhanahu defines a mushrik. And Allah Subhanahu Allah opens the verse and says, To Allah belongs sincere faith. To Allah Subhanahu we're not believing in just what we want to do and believe in for whatever sake because we are Muslim and we fear Jahannam. No. We believe in Allah sincerely and we believe that every man shall taste death and we believe that every man shall rise from his grave and we believe that there will be a day of judgment in which our hands will speak, our tongues will speak, our feet will speak. The whole world, everywhere we walked, will speak on that day. So we can't say, well, you know, maybe we can get a good lawyer, or maybe Allah, you know, we can say something, which is not, no, 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 no. That is the day, of course, now we have Habib Omar coming and saying, oh, you know what Qiyamah is? Qiyamah is a celebration of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What can you tell Where do they come to this? From where do they get this? We know Qiyamah to be a day when the sun will be a, just a span above your head and you'll be waiting in the queue to be questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people will go to Jahan and some people will go to Jahan. There is nothing in the Quran or the Sunnah about being a celebration of the Prophet sallallahu And then of course he says, or oh, maybe go over the time and listen to the name of Muhammad. He doesn't give a single dalit, no proof, no nothing. 
So we have to know how to read in order to understand. And the reason I'm going to give the truth as I'm going to give it today is because you have a personal Muslim responsibility to deciding for yourself whether this happening in a community is right or wrong. Can't wait for a fatwa from a mufti or from a sheikh or from a from a, a, a Maulana or from the MGC or from Iksa or from Makkah or from Medina. No. Every Muslim has the personal liability and responsibility by Allah to for himself find out whether this is contrary to the Tawheed of Allah or in line with the Tawheed of Allah. You can't take the responsibility and say, oh, I must wait for Sheikh so-and-so, you must give a fatwa, or oh, I'm going to go on, on, on the internet, I'm going to social media and say what this Sheikh said. No, 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 sorry. You can't pass the back. Not for your Tawheed. Tawheed, you know, I think you can, you don't know, you don't know, I mean, maybe you have a, a, a question of fifth. You have to ask an Ali, maybe. But in matters which is between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to convince yourself whether it is true or not true. And then the man asked the Prophet He said, Ya Rasulullah, if I'm traveling and I don't know whether the food which is being sold is halal or haram, how do I know it is halal or haram? Nabi said, consult your heart. And a Muslim, ordinary Muslim, has the responsibility to practice his own ijtihad in cases of his ta'id, in cases of his relationship with Allah. You have the responsibility to do what is called tarjih. Your responsibility. Ijtihad and tarjih. What does it mean? It means you have to look at all the facts of the situation, you must come to a conclusion. In other words, you must understand what nikah means. In terms not of the ceremony, but in terms of where does it come from? Who told us to get married? Who told us we must have a wali? Who told us there must be a, um, a dowry? Dowry is in the Quran. The wali came, the guardianship comes from the Lenin's So all these laws, all these ahkam have got a source. And the source of all the laws in Islam is who? The Sharia. And who is the Sharia? The Sharia is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Hukumah. And what this man has done is, he has made his own law. He has decided that to have a Hindu ceremony immediately after the Nikah ceremony is incorporating orf into the lifestyle of Muslims in the Cape. That is his decision. That is his verdict. Of course, unfortunately, like in any profession, if you have no knowledge, you will say whatever comes to your mind. So he's saying that, yes, but we, this is their orf and we can make it part of the orf of the Malays of the Cape. Because the Malays have incorporated other orf, other customs into their practice. For example, they give rings, like the West give rings. Right? The husband gives a ring to his, to his wife, not knowing that the time of the Nabi Sallallahu the Prophet said to one of the Sahaba, give her a ring. 
Even if it is the ring of iron. He doesn't know this. Otherwise he wouldn't say. What is orf? What is custom? Custom means the word orf comes from Arafah. Arafah means to know. That those practices which are known to have been practiced by the Muslim community and practices which are not contrary to the Sharia. That is all. You can't take from the Christian and say this part of our, we can make it part of our custom. The, the Christians celebrate the, the Eid of Isa, Christmas, so we celebrate the Eid of Muhammad Sallallahu They do it, we do it. We do it our way, they do it their way. The whole of Those people don't understand custom, they understand all. Or it must be in accordance, it must have the fear of Allah, it must be in accordance with the Quran and Sunnah of Muhammad Sallallahu because Allah uses it in the Quran. Wa'mur bil Allah says, and command people with custom. Yet the ulama of tafsir says it means, custom here means, and command fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses ma'roof, urf and ma'roof, two words with the same root, arafah. Ma'roof is a word which refers to all good. Allah says, kuntum khaira ummatin. You are the best of people that has arisen out of mankind. Because you order with everything is good. What does good mean? Good means everything which is sanctioned by Allah and His Messenger. Everything which is not against the ahkam of Allah and His Messenger. So, all these laws which we don't want to make, you know, people okay, God, they become a great politician or a great sheikh or a great doctor or a great uh, scholar, and suddenly they start playing God. They make their own rules and regulations. Oh, you can do this. Oh, you can do that. Politically, we must do this. Academically, we must do that. There's only one law given. And gives all the laws. And what is a law which is given by Allah? It's called the hukum. And what is a hukum? Khitab Allah. A law, like this man made a law, he said, yeah, you can now make, you can now dance around a fire, like the Hindu do You want this, he's telling the community, you want to make this part of your, part of your custom. What he's saying is, I am replacing Allah in ahkam, I'm making my own problem. And the Nabi Sallallahu says, in a hadith which I quoted, لَتُنْ قَضَنَّ عُرَ الْإِسْلَامِ عُرْوَةً عُرْوَةً Nabi Sallallahu says, that the principles and the bedrock of Islam will be destroyed. Urwat and urwat. One by one. All the sacred pillars of Islam. And marriage is a sacred pillar of Islam. This is an attack on marriage. Allah says, لَتُنْ قَدَرْنَا عُرَ الْإِسْلَامِ عُرْوَةَ الْعُرْوَةً And every time a pillar is broken down, is destroyed, People will then take to the next principle and hold on to that. And the last principle that will fall, The first principle that will fall, sorry, the first principle that will fall is the principle that only Allah can make law. Today everybody makes laws about Islam. That one says, oh, Muslim personal must be like that. 
This one says, oh, the marriage must be like this. Our one says, divorce must be like that. Our one says, yeah, follow the Western law like that. In terms of that, it all didn't know to. Hallelujah. May Allah protect us. May Allah guide us. May Allah guide our children. May Allah make that we become open our eyes. Become people of Tawheed. Not answerable to me, my dear brother. Not answerable to your mother, your brother, your sister, your community. They're not going to be there on the day of judgment. They're all going to run away from you. Your mother's going to run away. Your wife is going to run away. Your children's going to run away. You're going to be alone. And the only thing that is going to save you and me is the Quran and so on. Do you like it? Including your alim, or your sheikh, or your maulana, or your peer. He's subject to the same rule. Like the Prophet said to his daughter, no favors for your day of Qiyamah. Said to Fatima, no favors for you. Don't think you can tell Allah, I'm the daughter of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You have to stand and answer for your own way. And your Jahannam and Jannah is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is not something which we must play with. Oh, maybe, you know, this is the new, this and the new, that. Well, man, you know, man, what is all this nonsense, you know? A man said to us, you know, man, he said, Shahada. Finally, he said, Shahada. And then what happened? In the same building, the same room. You took part in the ritual, which is a fundamental ritual of marriage in a mushrik marriage. Not even of the Banis, of the... <laughs> so, the question arises, first of all, if we say this is a mushrik ritual, then what is a mushrik? I come back to the book. <laughs> In the time of the Prophet and you know the Prophet his, his first major task was to do what? Was to convince the Mushrikun of Makkah that they should worship Allah. They already believed in Allah. The Mushrikun of Makkah, Allah says, to the Nabi if you ask them, Man samawati they will say, Prophet said to Nabi Oh my Prophet, if you should ask Abu Jad Abu Lahab, who created the heavens and the earth? They will say, Allah. <coughs> they will say, Allah. If you ask the Hindu, who created the heavens and the earth? The, the, the main God, who created the heavens and the earth. The creator God, created the heavens. Yeah, we, we worship monkeys and and fire and all this, but there's one main person who gives us. In other words, they believe in the rububiyah of Allah The mushrikun believed in the rububiyah of Allah, created everything, give them rizq, and so forth and so on. And uh, the Hindus believe in the rububiyah, the Christians believe in the rububiyah, the Jews believe in the rububiyah, Allah is Rabb. He's the provider. And then Allah says, Oh Muhammad, when you ask him, then why do you worship idols? 
Then why do you worship Lat al Manat and Raza if you say Allah created the heavens and the earth? And they replied, Illa liyukarribuna illa Allah zulfa. Like people will say, why do you do this ritual of the Hindus? They don't worry about that, man. You just bring it to us. As if everything you do is not part of Islam. As if every act of a Muslim is not part of his deen. We know that. You can't take any act which you do out of your deen and out of being a Muslim. Everything that you do is part of your, what is called, if you're a mukallaf, part of your taklif, your responsibility as a Muslim. Everything is inclusive. So Allah says, if you ask them, they say, well, you know, we worship. We do this fire thing around the fire in order to uh, cement the relationship between husband and wife. Also, we feed the God of the fire. So there's no popcorn in the fire as they walk around the fire. We feed the God of whatever the God's name is. And this was done immediately after this nikah. And there was ulama in the audience. And when they were asked, why didn't you say anything on Jack? Apparently one of them said that he was not aware that this was going to happen. You sit him on it. <laughs> As if he is not answerable to Allah, he's answerable to his, to his host. His host will stand up one day and say to him, Sheikh, mashallah, you here, okay, man, don't worry, you were there by my wedding that time and you were there with the, when we did this mushrik thing and, uh, you know, you didn't say anything, but it's fine, don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> Allah is going to ask him. And what will we say? We will say, Ya Rab, Rabbana, Inna ata'ana sadatana wa kubara'ana ta'adhalluna sabin. We will say, Oh Allah, we followed our leaders. Those of us who didn't do anything on this dunya. Those of us who said, well, maybe he's right, maybe he's also right. We will say, oh Allah, we follow our sheikhs, we follow our imams, we follow our maulanas, our muftis, our MJCs. We follow these people. We ate the halal which they said was halal, not what you said is halal. We ate the haram which they said was halal, not what you say is haram. We say they have a responsibility. If the stamp is there, it's fine. We can close our eyes and do whatever we want, eat whatever we want. Allah said, did I say the MJC to you as a, as a, as a prophet? Are those chefs prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Or did I send you one single prophet who came with one single book? And didn't I tell you and make, make clear to you that there is no such thing as a sheikh in Islam or a maulan or an imam. These are just terms that we use for people that have a little bit more knowledge than what the ordinary man has. But the ordinary man has the same responsibility as what the Imam has in terms of his belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yes, they say, when people ask they say, well, why do you worship the idols? They say, well, we worship the idols because, you know, they're closer to Allah than us. They will bring us close to Allah. We will worship Allah, but we just do it via, we go via the Kramat in Fori. And we go via some retreat somewhere with some sheikh from Yaman or wherever he comes from. And he is close to Allah because he's the 99th, 300th grandson of the Prophet. So he's close. From where? From where? Did the Nadi Sassalam say that all Muslimin 
My family had the death qiyamah. There's a rope that hangs from Allah into their hands. King Farooq of Egypt traced his lineage also back to Muhammad sallallahu He died in a pub in Italy. I'm sure many of the Saudis also trace their lineage back to the Nabi Abu Jal Abu Lahab, who's family were they? Who's family were they? Where are they? Jahannam. Jahannam. What is it that makes us brothers? Blood? Family blood? No. What makes us brothers is what? Because we follow the Ummah of Muhammad. So if a man comes and he claims to be whatever he claims, not what he claims is what he is and what he preaches. <coughs> that's what makes him your brother. And that's what makes him your leader. So the Hindus will have the same. Because the person who had this wedding, he will say, they will say, I've heard them say, I've heard a man stand on a stage and say that, who says the Hindus are mushriks? Who says there are many gods? I know that my friend was saying, if you ask him, we believe there is only one God. And so everybody, if you ask a Christian, how many gods do you have to say for one God? But when you ask him, the experience says, what is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy But, always a but, except the Muslim, he says only one God. And when he says that, he becomes part of the Ummah of Muhammad so they will argue that yes, the Hindus also, you know, they also have one God, they just do this fire thing. And we want to, you know, we want to bring them into the family and be part of the family now. So. Fool yourself, brothers. Don't fool yourself. And don't throw somebody, like somebody said, don't throw the dice. And so I'm throwing the dice. You say, like, he's, a, he's a Hindu boy. Throw the dice and let him say, La ilaha illallah. Maybe the dice will fall. So that you become a good Muslim or may not become a good Muslim. What was it? Men said karima. But is the karima the right Just because the man has a few words. We don't know what is in his heart, obviously not. We don't know. But Nabi Sallallahu said, Nahnu khawmun, nahkumu bidahir, wallahu yatawalla salam. We are the people who judge people for what they do. Allah is the keeper of the hearts. Secrets of the heart. So when Muhammad وسلم, came to Medina, he found a man there by the name of Abdullah ibn Ubay, who was going to become the leader of Makkah. But when the Prophet came, the people selected Nabi Sallallahu to be the leader. Abdullah ibn Ubay became a Muslim. Or so he said he was a Muslim. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam declared him a munafiq. Now, this, the, the strange thing about munafiq is you don't get a Christian munafiq or a Jewish munafiq. It's only a person who says the kalima who's a munafiq. Because what is a munafiq? A munafiq is somebody who his heart is not Muslim. His tongue is Muslim. So when Nabi Sallallahu came, and he is a munafik. Nabi Sassam didn't say he was a munafik to his close Sahaba. They knew also. Because of him, Prophet didn't like him. No, it's got nothing to do with the person. 
The Prophet declared him a munafiq because of his actions. And we don't declare anybody, but what I'm saying is we look at the actions of a person. That's all we see. We don't see anything else. If you see me coming out of a bar, what will you say? What will you say? But obviously, if put two and two together, he must have done something there which other people do going to a bar. Isn't it? So when people do this, these actions, we ask ourselves the question, is their deen only on their lips or is their deen only on their lips? In the time of the Prophet only the Prophet knew the Munafiqun and he did not divulge that information to the Sahaba because Sahaba would have killed all of them. And the people would have said, yes, Sahaba Prophet is killing one another. So he didn't do this. So today we're sitting with a situation where these people say, but you know, I believe that these people, uh, you know, they, they, they're not mushrik, you know, they, they also believe in one God. And the people who are involved in interfaith, they will say the Baha'is will say have one God, they, they're equal to the Muslims. They will say the Jews are equal to the Muslims, the Christians are equal to the Muslims. But what does Allah say, my brothers and sisters? What does Allah say? They don't say what Allah says. They don't say Allah says that those people who say Allah is three in one, they are kafir. Allah said, kafara. Kafara means to make kafir. To be kafir. Which, what is kafir? Kafir means to reject the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now they say, oh, now my daughter can get married to a Christian and we can have it in the church and we can have it on the mountain and we can have it in the masjid and we're all one big happy family. Don't fool yourself. Don't give that message to your children. You'll regret it and regret it and regret it. Because today we're living in a different world. Today you must tell your child, from the day that he's born, you will not get married to a person who doesn't have his kalima before he meets you. Otherwise, you can marry him and leave. I will not marry you and I will not have nothing to do with you. If you come here with a Hindu person who says, I, I don't even want to see you. Just, I love Allah more than Allah. And I love you also, that's why I want to. But you can't tell them that the day they can marry. Oh, I've got such a beautiful daughter. Oh, she met this Hindu man. And he was such a lovely man. And how can I say to, to, this, to, the, to my daughter, your daughter is going to live with a man who's a mushrik, who just said la ilaha illallah and then performed a Hindu ritual ceremony immediately after that? Doesn't shahada destroy everything which goes before it, the Prophet said? Doesn't becoming a, become a Muslim destroy the whole of Jailiyah, the whole of everything? You will become a person who is sinless. If you die, you'll go straight to Jannah. You take shahada. What do they do? They go from shahada to shirk. They were in shirk. This is the Muslim who does a Muslim father-in-law. Takes his son-in-law from shirk to tawheed. And in the same breath, he takes his son-in-law from tawheed back to the shirk where he came from. In the presence of so called Not when they were there. Maybe when they make Tawbah, they come back much So when you listen to the Quran of Allah and you listen to the ahadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and you are who you are, you have to make, give your own fatwa. Water and oil comments. Shirk and tawheed. How, how can you mix? 
Hallelujah. I want to end off in my last two minutes by saying, and you've heard that I haven't condemned anybody. I've tried to base it on the Quran and Sunnah. But I want to give you malaise of Cape Town this message. And I've given it a hundred times and I'll give it to you again today. And today is what, the 28th? Maybe I'll remember the birthday I'm over there. It was. 18. 18. Not a joke. It's not a joke. What I say to you is not jokes. I'm close to my death. I'm close to my grave. Closer than many of you in terms of my age. So I don't fool around anymore. You know, you're young, you fool around. Say what you want to say. I'm very serious about what I say. What I'm going to say now is extremely serious. That we as a community must be ashamed that we've all been practicing Hindu and Buddhist customs for 300 years. We brought it with us from Indonesia and we're still practicing it. And we defend it. The three nights, the seven nights, the whatever nights, the hundredth night, the Indian community has a year. If one year they come around, go around to somebody's house and they say, well, we again remember this person who's died. And what did the Prophet say? Three days. You will cry for three days. Except the widow. You as the brother, the sister, the community, three days. That's all you have. <laughs> to remember, I mean to uh, whatever. Mourn. What is the word? To mourn. What do we say? Go look it up in uh, Google. Go look up Buddhist practices, Buddhist uh, fun funerary practices. Go look up where it comes from. I asked myself, but where does this come from? You should ask the same question. I asked it very late in my life, but I still ask the question. Because I didn't find it in the Hadith. I didn't find it in the Quran. I didn't find the Sahaba did this. So where did this come from? I know my father did it, and his father before him, and his father before him, and I did it. But now that we know the truth, we are condemning this man to, to have followed a ritual of the Hindus. Meanwhile, back at the Raj, some of the most, this is one of the most important rituals. And we look at it as part and parcel of this deed. Who says that in a hundred years time, that ritual of walking around a fire will not become part and parcel of this deed? Why? Because people like myself, they all of us say, oh, how can we say, don't go to the Kramat? What about our Slavat? How can we say, no more three nights, but not a Barakat? And then when I force it to the corner, and Amli will say, kick me under them, XAD, and vote him, Amli, and he will scream. Allah will ask you. Why? You got great. You read all the hadith, you read the Quran, you never told people that this is not to be found. So on the day of Qiyamah, I want you to remember, I want you to tell Allah that I fight. Because that's my name. In fact, the, you know the first thing that people rid you off when you die is your name. If I die tomorrow, no, nobody will say, where's your fight? They say, where's the mate? Where's the body? Put the body in the grave. They don't say, put the fike in the grave for Muhammad or Ismail. No. You, say, you get stripped of the very first thing that was given to you on this world. 
Now would you go with nothing to our land, not even your name? Only your good deeds and only your commitment to this team. And it takes strength to commit because Jannah is not easy. Jannah is not free. To work for then you think about when you're going to stand in front of Allah, the Jannah is going to be there burning, and the Jannah is going to be there, and you're going to stand here. I think now you have to make a choice, excellent ritual between Jannah, which is the Buddhist ritual that you're going to do, the Kufr Mushrik ritual which you're going to do. Which the people of Jahiliyyah did. They walked around the Baytullah naked and they slaughtered their little girls. The same thing. So, my duty is to inform you, your duty is to carry out. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all the seven nights that I did, the three nights. May Allah forgive us. We were swept up in tradition, but when you know the truth, what must you do? Say, Allah, please forgive me. And let me do that which is in sync. So how do I remember my parents? How do I remember them? My beloved mother that I cried for for so long. My father. I remember them by making dua for them. I remember them by giving sadaqah on their behalf. By money I remember them going for Umrah on their behalf. I make their friends my friends. Whenever I make salah after salah I mention my parents. If every salah mentioned my parents and all those that love me. That was the methodology of Muhammad. Three nights gonna bring them nowhere. Seven nights gonna bring them nowhere. Maybe the figure Allah will help you. I'm gonna help you. Help you with the cake or maybe need cake. No matter who's gonna make the cake. The acne, I'm gonna help you. I'm going to help you. Sadaqah you make. And dua you make. And Allah give it to you. Try and come closer and closer to the Sunnah of Muhammad. Inshallah, I asked you, Sa'id Udi, to allow me to use the magic in the classroom. And he gave me a Monday night shift and a Wednesday night. I've decided on Wednesday night. I don't have much energy to say it before. But it's a responsibility, it's a duty, there's not much, there's half of this put by people. So on Wednesday evening, inshallah, from quarter to seven to eight o'clock. Um, yeah, it is much we start our class. So now we'll just give you the the other half of of this uh that I like And uh, inshallah, I've asked you if can put the tables and the chairs so that we can bring a book with. Uh, and also the meals, inshallah.